0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration Event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the AwesomeO.com NFL Strategy Show. It's week two, week one in the books. Screw you, Vic Fangio, but we move on. We've got a ton of games to touch on. I'm Dave Lochran. With me, Sal Vetri and Ben Rasa, as always. I see you over there, Ben, shaking your head, nodding or shaking your head in disgust at what we saw late last night.
2: Yeah, I stayed up for that, which is shocking. Oh, you did it. You know I did I I you know I'm really high on the Broncos. Um, this year no I fan. at least he was good. He was good. They covered. I mean that that was slightly helpful, but I, that was the theme. And we're going to get into obviously some Week One stuff. The theme to me was I, I was stunned. I know there's always some rust on coaches on players. A lot of head scratching decisions. I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy. Just dumb dumb decisions out so there.
1: So stupid. And and if your excuse is well. Guskowski wasn't kicking well. but it's, it's like a 25-yarder, he still has an 85% chance or higher of making that field goal. It's just it's preposterous. And then you he good thing he had two timeouts left, Sal, because they we can roll them over like AT&T minutes onto his next bill. What a joke. I, obviously they do not roll over. They're gone. It's they 17 seconds left with three timeouts and nothing to work with.
3: Yeah, I was I was sleeping like a baby at that point. So I have zero percent clue on what you're talking about. I mean my <laughs> biggest my 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 biggest my biggest week one um frustration is DeAndre Swift not catching a pass to make me positive in the betting streets for the, the Lions like minus one and a half drops a wide open touchdown. That's my biggest frustration.
1: That was brutal. There were there were a Very. bunch of spots that just got really ugly. Uh but yeah, no, Guskowski missed three field goals and an extra point, right? Yeah, I got and all
3: that. I saw that stuff. As
1: they drove down the field. Vic Fangio decided not to call any timeouts. He had three timeouts left, decided not to call any timeouts, let ta- uh, the Titans march down to like, what was it, the 12-yard line or something, Ben? Yeah, they were on the doorstep. They were on the doorstep. They kick a field goal. He let it wind down the 17 seconds left. So they had three timeouts left and 17 seconds to go 80 yards downfield. Obviously, yeah, that, that didn't no work. Sense.
3: Yeah, that, that makes absolutely no sense. I can't even try and see the logic there.
1: No, and I had logic. I, ended, I had I had the Broncos outright, Ben. I had Ooh. Broncos money. I really thought they were winning this game. And the, the thing that pisses me off the worst, or the most, is yeah, you can talk about Guskowski and maybe I uh, the, the Broncos should have lost more, but they were on the doorstep too, and and they tried some goofy shovel pass,
2: that, <laughs> yeah, Jake Butt shovel pass,
1: fourth and inches to go to get into the goal or to get into the end zone, and they and they screwed it up. So I don't know. I was pretty frustrated with that, but. Uh, we move on. Sal, anything else from week one stand out to you? We're going to recap a lot of this throughout the show, uh, just given that we're going to take a look back on week one stats and apply it to week two. But um, the, the one thing I'll throw out there, and, and and you can expand on this if you'd like, or you can go somewhere else with it. The timeshares in this league are just getting more and more pronounced, where it's going to be difficult each week with some of these backfields to figure it out. And I have no doubt many of these coaches are going to run the hot hand approach. So if we're just looking at it like, oh, well, you know what? Last week they did this. They should do it again this week. I'm not convinced that will be the case with many of these teams at all.
3: Yeah. I mean, my my biggest standout kind of goes hand in hand with that to an extent. It's just how much the rookies were involved on a lot of these teams, especially with not having any preseason games, no rookie camp. I mean, you had some of the running backs, J.K. Dobbins, Zach Moss, these running backs being involved, right? Jonathan Taylor, we can go down the list of all the ones, but – even in the wide receivers, so many rookies were involved, a lot more than I thought they would be. I mean, you have Jalen Leverier leading his team in overall uh, routes, leading his team in overall snaps. I wasn't expecting that a lot. Hopefully Ruggs is okay, but that's probably the biggest one uh, overall. Outside of that, would probably just be, I mean, you had individual spots like studs, wide receivers playing well, DeAndre Hopkins uh, not even missing a beat, going to a new team, new quarterback, not a lot of time. But, yeah, the rookies was the biggest standout for me.
1: For sure. And DeAndre Swift, like you mentioned, he had a chance to win the game. Yeah. They went to DeAndre Swift. On the final drive of the game. So uh yeah, big stuff. Jerry Judy, by the way, Ben. Catch the ball. That that drop really frustrated me. But that kid's footwork is nuts. Oh, like, he's gonna be great. He can change direction. Like nothing I've seen. He's fast. He went, he planted his foot, two defenders fell over, and then he goes just horizontally on the field, cuts forward, picks up another 15 yards. He made some really big plays but he dropped a huge one that would have iced the game. And that would have given me the win because, you know, McManus at home and the altitude is not missing a 45 yard field goal. It just wasn't going to happen.
2: No, there was just a lot of, I've never seen my my takeaway from week one. It's nothing that we can really use. I've never seen guys so wide open. Um, I I can recount, it feels like dozens of touchdowns where there was a guy 20 yards in the like, I don't know. I know there's rust again. You just saw it. Uh, with the defenses. I, I thought that the offenses would look sluggish for the most part. I thought they actually looked all right. It was just so many blown coverages, a lot of sloppy penalties. Uh, I'm sure that'll get cleaned up, but I think it does go hand in hand with, you know, you're not going to have guys right off the bat taking massive, uh, you know, workloads on the ground. I think these teams don't want to get somebody hurt. Don't want to run guys into the ground if they're not physically ready.
1: For sure. And speaking of, uh, of, of that I, I crushed the player prop market this week. But one that I missed on was I had CeeDee Lamb under 52 and a half yards and he easily got over that. So uh, like you guys said, the rookies were really involved. They looked pretty impressive. Even Jalen Rieger, as you mentioned, Sal, uh, getting opportunities. They just couldn't get any separation when then Carson Wentz doesn't have any time to throw. And we're going to get into all of that. Let's start with quarterbacks, kick it off with you, Sal. And hey, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Appreciate that greatly. It helps us a ton. If you're just joining, welcome. We're happy to have you guys with us as we get started on week two. Week one's already in the books. So we, we, we'll we kick it off at the top of the position. Lamar Jackson, 8,200, using DraftKings pricing here just to make it uh, a little bit easier. He was, uh, you know, his typical self. He He completed 20 of 25, 275 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, not the same rushing upside, but he didn't really need it. Uh, and I guess Ben and I will hang our heads in shame once again. You know, I, Sal, there's something about this Cleveland team. Eventually, they're going to get everybody right. I, I, I was I abstained from the hype. I stayed away. I was good about that. And this year, I said, "I'm buying in." Fuck it, I'm buying in. Well, they look horrible once again. Lamar Jackson decimated them across four quarters not at any point in that game was it competitive
3: yeah I mean they looked the their offense like if you look at the box score it looks exactly like last year like I so, so much, sickening <laughs> so much inefficiency like to Odell Landry does like okay and it's like man after that running backs don't do much Kareem Hunt looks decent like it, it's the exact same thing as last year it's and a joke getting
1: hurt exactly like last year again too
3: yeah exactly gotta have a now probably a rookie filling in for him but yeah I, I think Lamar as he was last week very similar price range like it, it's more so for me just gonna to be towards cash if you have the value to find it yeah I'll have a couple of lineups in, in GPPs and 150s last week I had like only three lineups of Lamar it was just other opportunities for stacking looked better, um, higher upside there, but yeah, if you have the salary to go find him in cash, it's, it's going to be like one of the safest spots that you can go towards. It, it's insane the efficiency that keeps going. I mean, one game, but a 12% touchdown rate, 11 yards per attempt, like it's going to have to regress, like we're going to say that all year, but it, maybe it's just the way that he plays. He was pressured a ton in this game. Like one of the highest pressure rates that he had, uh, it was around 48%, which is the most that he's seen in his career. So I don't know if Yonda being out was all of that, trying to replace uh, Marshall Yonda, probably going to be like a Hall of Famer with a bunch of rookies on the offensive line. We'll have to keep an eye on that. But yeah, Lamar going to be trying to start cash lineups there. And if there's enough value, I'll stick with it.
1: He's unreal right now. And, you know, I remember when Michael Vick came back from prison, his first season with the Eagles was outstanding and then they began to to kind of identify how to slow him down on the ground he wasn't he wasn't in his he wasn't in his prime form but he still was good um and and I feel like with Lamar Jackson they still haven't figured out how to contain him on the ground and it's just opening everything up through the air he was sacked I think yeah he was sacked two times but it, it didn't really matter. It, it just all in all, the guy is so productive and he's such a two-way threat. He's so versatile that he's completing his passes at such a high clip. Sal, you're right. He can't continue at this rate. It just, if he were to continue at this rate, he becomes the best quarterback to ever play the game pretty much.
3: So Yeah, that's the thing. Like it, it's it's so high. Like Russell Wilson, we were like, heading just on a pedestal for how efficient he's been and this is like two tiers above what Russell Wilson has done for a little over a year now so I think it's going to come down but uh yeah it's going to have to come from just his dual threat ability dropping and right now it doesn't look like that's happening
1: Ben what are we thought what are, what are our thoughts on the other quarterbacks at the top here I, I guess let's get through the two top top price guys and then we'll get into the 6k range where I think it's really going to open up Patrick Mahomes uh Strong, efficient, solid showing in week one against the Houston team that has more holes than I identified on offense prior to the season getting underway. Uh, The the Chargers, on the other hand, should have, should have, that game should have gone to overtime. Brutal miss 31-yard field goal. Joe Burrow had a decent enough game. But on the other side, the Chargers' defense is still good, even without Derwin James. It's a solid secondary. The D-line is good enough to keep teams honest. But Patrick Mahomes is pretty uh, is pretty expensive. I just think quarterback, and this is my opinion, is so deep this week that I can get to guys way cheaper and feel excellent about them. No doubt, we we
2: say that a lot. Of course, Sal summed it up like, if you have the money, these guys are as safe as they come. They're going to play well. Lamar, with his legs, and Mahomes seemingly never has a bad game. But the problem is. You can save thousands of dollars and go to guys who are clearly not as good as them, but in terms of points per dollar, they can amass totals that th- those guys almost can't even match. So uh, I usually pay down for quarterback. If I have the money, I- I'd love to get some of these upper tier guys. I just don't know if I'm going to pay. Uh, you have $800 difference from Mahomes to everybody else, and you have a $1,300 difference from Jackson to everyone else besides Mahomes. So uh, they're in a tier by themselves. They should be but I'm with you, Lafi. I'll, I'll try to take savings where I can.
1: And Ben, I've mentioned this a lot throughout the year leading up to the season. Sorry that I, I had Devonte Adams being the number one fantasy receiver on the season. And again, I'll get, we all will get plenty wrong. That's kind of how prognostication goes in football. But after watching week one, Devonte Adams looked outrageously efficient Minnesota's secondary looked outrageously weak, and I think we all kind of saw this coming. Sal touched on it a bunch last week when we just talked about how many guys they lost in the secondary. But Ben, uh, Aaron Rodgers with a really impressive showing, really solid. Him and Devonte Adams, that connection, unbelievable. And you can only you can only assume that. I know Sal hates Darius Slay, but with Slay gone and and Mitchell Trubisky having a good second half against Detroit. Rogers might be in a spot to put up solid numbers again. The question though, comes back to, do we even need to go that high? Do we even need to go to 6,900?
2: I mean, again, it becomes a little easier, but I'm going to keep working down. Uh, You have you have buckets of guys that are, you know, 500 to a thousand dollars cheaper than this. Now Rogers did look great. And we saw Trubisky, I mean, he didn't look good for the majority of the game, but when it, I guess it mattered He did get it done and put up a a really nice line uh, against this Lions secondary. We'll see if they can get a little healthier, but they did not look good. So we're starting to get there. I'm not saying I won't have any riders. I think he's going to be certainly going to be more popular than week one. But we haven't even mentioned you know, the Deshaun Watsons, the Matt Ryans, Kyler Murray, who had a huge game. There's a million guys as we work down that you could have interest in.
1: And I'll bring it over to you, Sal. The one guy that I think is going to keep ownership almost entirely off of Aaron Rodgers is priced $100 beneath him, goes by the name of Dak Prescott. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Michael Gallup. He's got a quality rookie in CeeDee Lamb. uh, And he's got Ezekiel Elliott, who's a solid, bona fide pass catcher, maybe not the best, but good enough. Dak Prescott... Go, squaring off against an Atlanta team that just allowed Russell Wilson to complete almost every single pass. It was as easy a to, easy sledding as you'll get as a quarterback, veteran or not. Now Dak Prescott gets this matchup at home against Atlanta in a game that's sporting uh, a very high total uh, in Dallas.
3: Yeah, and, and I'm going to lean there. I'm going to go with it, even if the ownership's there. I, I like it at $6,800. So the one concern would be that Prescott was pressured like the most that he's probably been in his career behind this Dallas offensive line. Like no Lyle Collins, obviously Travis Frederick retires and they had some issues. He was, uh, pressured on over 40% of his dropbacks. So that's a concern. They use play action a little bit more than they did last year. Like early on last year with Cullen Moore, they were using play action and they were like 4 no to start the season. Then they went away from it. So they're starting this year using play action. They lost the game, but the offense at least looked pretty decent. Opened up some things for Zeke on the ground. So yeah, I think Dak looks good. You know the clear stacking options. All three of those wide receivers look fine. Now that we kind of have confirmation that, yeah, CD Lamb is going to be very much so involved in this offense, like right away, 90% of the snaps that he ran out of the slot. So I like Dak. He was fine in week one, like 6.8 yards per attempt. And you just get all the stacking options that you want from him.
1: Aaron Donald had one play where he single-handedly took out three Dallas linemen, three of them, not take, took them out, but actually tossed them to the ground like rag dolls. Um, I, I, I am with you and in talking about Dallas's offensive line and the pressure but I'm not as worried about Atlanta as I was with the Rams. Let's work it down a little bit further, Ben, and then we'll touch on running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, go through the positions here. Um, Your boy Josh Allen's got Miami. Matt Ryan on the other side of this game against Dallas hit 450 yards last game, 450 yards on 54 pass attempts. Nothing has changed from the guy that averaged more pass attempts per game last year than any other quarterback, 54 attempts. In game one, Sal mentioned that ownership is going to be there in this game. And there's no doubt about it. But my God, it's going to be really tough to get away from.
2: Yeah, it's a great game. Going to be popular. The over-under is 52 and a half right now. Uh, probably going to be the highest out there. But I'll, you know, listen, Josh Allen, he's going to have a couple plays every game where you look and you're just like, how is this guy in the league? Uh, he missed John Brown. I don't talk about wide open. I don't know if you saw that play. He, he overthrew him. It was a short pass by about six to 10 feet. Uh, It's just unbelievable. But he's probably live for north of 10 carries again. He's going to take chances. And for fantasy purposes, give me two turnovers if he makes two giant plays on the other side. Like those aren't going to hurt you. It doesn't matter. So I will look to Josh Allen, no problem. The question that I have is, are people going to go to Kyler Murray? Uh, He looked great. Big win for the Cardinals. Um, I don't know, Lafayette the football team's defense, I almost got caught there. The football team's defense looked pretty good, uh, especially with that pass rush. That's going to be an interesting spot at 6,100.
1: It is. And you know what? Let's uh, let's do a little round table here. I'll throw it over to you, Sal. They, their, their, their front seven was extraordinary. They sacked Carson Wentz eight times. Um, had he not been a somewhat mobile quarterback able to escape pressure, they probably would have sacked him 12 times. And I'm not exaggerating. Uh, the thing is, though, and, and Sal, your thoughts, the thing is, I still have zero confidence in Washington's secondary. Like early on, Carson Wentz was lighting them up, right? Easy, easy passes, deep balls to Rager, to, to Dallas Goddard. Uh, the middle of the field was wide open. If the pocket is clean, if they can protect the quarterback, let's say Murray, and this is where we'll go to you, I think he can have a field day. But if they can't protect him, then that's going to be the biggest issue because Washington's one and only line of defense in my opinion is that defensive line and their pass rush
3: yeah that's the thing like their secondary was actually decent in this game but a lot of that is going to have to do with just what their pass rush is able to produce you're going to a ton be, of forced wait. throws and, exactly and,
1: yeah like i'm saying if if it's a clean pocket i do believe you're seeing a lot different secondary from washington
3: 100 percent, I, I agree i mean i don't really know why they would look a lot better from last year they didn't really change much pieces like Murray, who was awful last year, and he had a great week one because he just wasn't targeted. And when he was targeted, they were just rush throws, not efficient throws. So I, I like Kyler Murray a lot this week at sixty one hundred. it looks too cheap. Like he had ninety one yards in the ground, so he still has that going for him. He played ok, I would say, like, at worst, ok.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
3: Against his 49ers defense, when you take into account like the expectations, he played great, I would say all over Hopkins. He's actually going to have Christian Kirk freed up this week, who was just sacrificed to Richard Sherman. Like it was brutal out there. Kirk couldn't even get anywhere, any separation at all. So yeah, Murray looks good. He was actually protected. Like their offensive line was bad last year. People wanted them to take an offensive lineman in the first round. They ended up getting one in the third round who was probably a steal. and it was fine. They, they were, they were protecting him. I think he was only pressured on like 20% of his dropbacks, which is well below what the average was in week one. So yeah, the rushing upside, the price at 6,100, you know, they're stacking options there as well. And, Yeah, I'm not really sold on Washington yet. I think they're better than people gave them credit for in week one, at least their line. But, yeah, I like Christian – or I like uh, Kyler Murray a lot right now.
1: We're going to be doing a whole lot more NFL content throughout the week, strategy shows every day, even on Saturday, on the contrary on Saturday, and then the deeper dive on Sunday So and live before live. So just be sure to keep all of that in mind if we don't hit everything here. But I want to – before we go to running back, let's go. Let's uh, all pick out one uh, other quarterback that we have interest in this week. Uh, I will go first. There are so many of them uh, that I feel like this list could go on forever. We could probably spend two hours talking about quarterbacks. That's not hyperbole. We really could. But I'm going to go with Philip Rivers. Uh, just unbelievably, unbelievably terrible loss. I'm assuming people in survivor pools got rocked on Sunday. Oh, yeah losing yeah losing the Colts um 49ers who was the other wasn't there another big one like too
2: the Eagles I'm sure the some Eagles, people took yeah.
1: the Eagles um and Carson Wentz I just can't trust him right now especially if Lane Johnson doesn't return but with Phillip Rivers talk about a, a a Jekyll and Hyde type mixed bag performance he completed all but 10 of his 46 passes 363 yards this team had like 500 total yards something insane He only had one touchdown touchdown and got picked off twice in typical Philip Rivers fashion. But the Minnesota Vikings were an absolute sieve defensively, coughing up anything Rodgers and Adams and Lazard and Valdez Scantling wanted. Uh, I think Rivers can come into this game, and I would expect to see somewhat of a shootout here. I don't love Rivers at this stage of the game in his career, but sub-6K, I could see another huge passing performance, and they lost Marlon Mack. He might have to rely on him a lot. Sal, go ahead. Who do you have?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with, it's between two guys, but I'll go with Tom Brady right now at 6,500. A lot of this is going to come down to Mike Evans' health. Mike Evans ran 39 rounds, banged up, though, had to face Lattimore. If he gets him freed up a little bit more, it's easier to stack with the price points. and the matchup against Carolina, they just got destroyed in every facet by the Raiders on the ground, in the air, every part of the game. Their defense is as advertised. That's why they spent seven draft picks on their defense. It's not good. So I'll go with Tom Brady at 6,500 versus Carolina. How about you, Ben?
2: I'll double down like probably the dumbest thing that I could do is take what I I weaseled out of Mitch Trubisky late and double down on him but he does draw the Giants at home Juju was running free for various parts of the game last night I think Allen Robinson to Trubisky once again is very viable he's dirt cheap uh and yeah we can all make jokes and he was terrible for a large part of that game look at that box score he got you there easily uh he was actually a, a big asset on a lot of teams last week it wasn't pretty but he got it done
1: all right anything else at quarterbacks that you guys want to hit on like I said throughout the week we're going to have a whole lot more coming up but if there's anything you think is pressing right now for people that are getting in on their research speak now or forever hold your peace
3: Uh, I'll just say I like Jared Goff um I won't break down too much into it but I just like Jared Goff's price point and a lot looked good in week one including his protection
1: okay now it's time to have some fun the running back position's got a lot going on this week, a lot of moving parts. And I, I, I'll i come out of the gate saying that, once again, I, I don't anticipate myself getting to a lot of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I, I don't even know how much Elliott I'm going to have, although I wouldn't blame anybody for that. Saquon Barkley last night was incredibly underwhelming. And a lot of that was the the Pittsburgh defense was in the backfield by the time the ball was snapped. So I don't want to put all of that on his shoulders. Uh, But Ben, the first player that really stood out to me and don't worry, we've got a lot of running backs to touch on was Derrick Henry. He was super inefficient yesterday and he still had 31 carries for 116 yards. He even hauled in all three of his, uh, all three of his, his uh, passing targets, which was a little bit encouraging, but 31 carries despite the inefficiency. He was even getting carries late in the game with less than a minute remaining as they drove down the field. Now you've got him against this Jacksonville team that lost in Ngakwe, that lost Calais Campbell. I, I don't know how, even as a non-pass catcher, I don't know how it's sub-8K. I can't fall in love with Henry this week. If he had 200 yards and three touchdowns, I honestly wouldn't be shocked.
2: Yeah, it's, listen, this guy, the great thing about him too is when you're reliant, you know, we talked about this with Josh Jacobs a little, uh, and he also upped the receiving stats, but it's like, okay, you need the game script because if they start falling behind, he could get phased out. That's not going to happen with Tennessee. Even when they're trailing, they go to him. Um, Yes. Now, if they're down 30 points, that's not going to happen though. So Henry's game script proof. And when you're getting the ball upwards of 30 times uh, against this front, it's a matter of time. And that's what the Titans do. You know, it's three yards, three yards, three yards. And then he breaks one. Uh, you don't know when it's going to be, but he gets there even when he doesn't get there. Uh, that sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. So he's probably my favorite running back on the slate when you factor in price.
1: Very enticing. Plus, he won you like $250,000. And it was against so the that Jaguars. Happen, right? <laughs> so, you know, What'd you
2: yeah. What'd you say? And it was against the Jaguars that game. Was it?
1: It certainly was. Ah, All right. So we're going back to the well and I'm riding the coattails on this one. Sal, what do you say of these top priced guys?
3: Yeah, I would say that the first one last week, it was tough to get McCaffrey in a lot of lineups. I had him in a good amount of GPPs, really couldn't fit him in cash. It didn't make much sense. So, I mean, you can say what you want, 65 snaps out of 68 running back snaps. He's okay. But the guy that I'd probably jump to first would be Zeke if I'm going to be going there. It's neck and neck with Henry for me right now. Zeke had 26 opportunities. Henry had 34. Um, They're both going to be in fine game scripts this week, both being touchdown favorites or bigger at this point. I just like what I'm seeing right now in the matchup against Atlanta one and just overall usage everywhere. Zeke looked good. He broke five tackles. He had five evaded tackles, 66 yards after contact. He ran 28 routes, all parts of the game. He was pretty much featured in this offense. $8,200, I think it's a fair price point for him. It would have been a more difficult choice if Saquon came out last night and looked amazing. He like looked okay for what he could do, uh, but that line is just terrifying. So yeah, Zeke is the first one that stands out probably above like that 8K or that Derrick Henry and above range for me.
1: Man, I'm really really fascinated by one player here in the 6500 range and I don't want to gloss over these other guys so if you if you guys want to hit on them we can do that too but on the Tuesday show we like to move around a little bit Austin Eckler I think people are are going to be soured on him after what we saw last time out only one target which is really quite shocking and you know there's always the concerns hey a rushing quarterback into rod taylor it's going to limit the amount of passing opportunities uh not only that though Uh, You had Joshua Kelly, who I believe got the final 12 carries over the last 24 minutes of this game. There are some concerns. However, I still have no issues getting to Eckler. He played 68% of the snaps to begin with. And in a spot like this against the the Kansas City Chiefs, they will not have the luxury of leaving Eckler out of the passing game. I think you're going to see him a lot more involved in this spot. His price is sixty five hundred. That's very reasonable. He did also see nineteen carries, which is super encouraging, um, in a game where I don't expect them to be leading, uh, and I do expect them to be playing for with a deficit. My anticipation or expectation is that Eckler goes and begins to see his opportunities tick back up as a pass catcher. So sixty five hundred. I think you'll get lower ownership here, and I'm going to be all over it. Sal, what are we thinking in the mid range?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that, Eckler. I mean, he had 20 touches. It was like the the most hated 20 touches that a running back's yeah, ever gotten right. in, in his life. So uh, a little bit concerned that he wasn't in there around the goal line when Kelly was. Not sure if there's anything to that. They had some stuff in camp that they were talking about. But I say, I'll say that right now I'll lean towards Kenny and Drake and, and Jonathan Taylor at the top of the 5K range. I like Drake, 18 opportunities in week one. He's going to be in the fast-paced spot, 25 routes run. Everything kind of checked out in what is now going to be a better matchup than last week against the 49ers. I think he's too cheap there. I probably will put him in, like, groups with Kyler Murray. I'm not sure yet. But then Jonathan Taylor is, like, probably bearing the league. But he just got announced as a starter. I think it was pretty obvious. And he came out and looked fantastic. Not sure if he's going to be as amazing in the passing game efficient-wise. 13 routes, 6 receptions, 6 targets. But I'd be expecting, like, a minimum of 15 touches with the upside of 20-plus in a matchup where you just saw Minnesota get poached in the secondary and even up front against Aaron Jones, an efficient game was given up to all the Packers running back. So I think Taylor right now standing out as like maybe the best running back play. And I assume ownership will follow it.
1: Do you, I, I was, I was wondering about this. And uh, I, I guess it, we could ask you too, Ben, do you think Jonathan Taylor will be the one to garner most of this ownership?
2: Yeah, I, I think he'll garner most of the ownership, but I don't, there's something about the. I mean, I I was really heavy on Mac, and that was terribly unfortunate. That
1: sucked. He, he yeah. had like 60 yards when he went down too. Yeah, it was just a freak freak
2: injury. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with Hines, though. He he's a tricky guy to figure out. Uh, they seem to be comfortable throwing him in spots where I wouldn't. You know, normally I'd just pick him. Oh, if they're trailing here and there, but they use him at various points that don't really fit the mold. So, although I I definitely see the merit. For Jonathan Taylor, there are other guys. There's a lot of guys in similar spots. Like Ronald Jones has that kind of a same situation. I
1: love him. this. I um, love Ronald Jones this week.
2: Like finally, he's starting to show uh, that he can be a top back and and Fournette didn't show much. I, I feel pretty comfortable that the volume will be there. I'm going to try to save at quarterback partially so I can get uh, pretty high on running back. I didn't love a ton of value there. You know, those guys up top are, are such good players. I want to try to get two of them in a lot of lineups.
1: You know, the way I see it with with uh, Ronald Jones is he played, you look at the snaps, right? He, Sean McCoy played a decent amount of snaps, 36%. Leonard Fournette with 13 But McCoy and Leonard Fournette were largely ineffective almost entirely. Bruce Arians kept his word. People were worried. Hey, bringing in Fournette, you you're bringing in McCoy. Is Ronald Jones going to be that guy? Arians says he is the workhorse. We'll see what happens. Well, he kept, he, he kept his word and Ronald Jones, maybe it wasn't the greatest game, but you go from a matchup against the Carolina or against New Orleans to the Carolina Panthers who just seeded three touchdowns to Josh Jacobs, maybe a few less rushing yards than you would have anticipated, but all in all, What a what a good bounce back spot for Ronald Jones, who saw seventeen carries uh, and twenty total looks in this game. Fifty two hundred. If he comes in on their own, uh, I'm all over that. Especially as I think they're what nine point favorites. Last I looked, something insane. Uh, Tampa Bay is nine and a half. Is it nine and a half? (laughs) Give me that all day long. Don't really agree with that line, but I still think they should be favored by a touchdown. Sal, anybody else in the 5K range you like? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of names.
3: I'll echo like kind of just the opposite side of the Colts. I think Naeem Himes is definitely still in play at $5,300 for, he ran 28 routes last week. I can't really see that going below 20 routes, even if he's not named the the quote unquote starter. Uh, And then not at 5K range, but 6K flat. Uh, Just keep an eye on Miles Sanders' health status. Apparently like speculations that he probably could have played if it was like a really desperate game that they needed him to play last week. They just well, didn't want him out was. there. Yeah. And it, it <laughs> turned out to be very important. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if $6,000 flat Miles Sanders goes out there, tougher matchup against the Rams D line, but you know that he's going to be used in the passing game. And then Melvin Gordon, keep an eye on Philip Lindsay. Seems like he has turf toe, which if that's the case, that's like at least a month recovery, somewhere around there, two to four weeks. So, Gordon, like he did last week or last night, really had all the work. I would expect it again.
1: How much is Melvin Gordon here?
3: Tough matchup, but 5200
1: it's really not a bad price. And yeah. these are some of those spots where you have to be willing to look, you have to be willing to factor ownership in really heavily. Like, if Gordon was the same ownership as Ronald Jones and Jonathan Taylor, I'd want none of him at all. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if we're coming into a, a situation where you're, he's getting no ownership and he has sole possession of the backfield, uh, I'd be willing to take a look. But that Pittsburgh defensive line, run stopping and, and, and pass rush. They looked, they look really good, man. That is once again, a fantastic defense. So uh, I thought Denver defense looked really good as well. Um, I was really impressed by them actually. And obviously they need to send a gift basket to Steven Guskowski, but that's besides the point, Ben, I want to ask you about the bills backfield, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Uh, Another spot where it was a bit of a mixed bag. Zach Moss saw 10 looks inside the red zone, only two for Devin Singletary. Uh, But then Devin Singletary saw 59% of snaps and 45 for Zach Moss. But uh, I'm a little bit concerned for Singletary that he had to produce everything pretty much through the air. It's tough. You know, there's just, there's too many games
2: on this slate for me to really try. Uh, This is the classic, and we talk about this probably once a show, I'm not going to try to get it right multiple times. Like Josh Allen could run it in, they could go through the air. Maybe they do establish something on the ground. Then even if that's true, you have a coin flip of is it Moss or Singletary. That's just too many hurdles for me to try to get through. There's a million guys right above them uh that I feel more comfortable with. Or if you want to go down to the I, I don't really have a strong take on Snell um for for the Steelers, we'll see what the deal is. I, I don't think uh I'm going to have a massive leverage stand. I want to see how popular he is, but he's someone to consider if you're desperate, obviously.
1: Yeah, he is. I don't like that. Derrick Henry had 116 carries, but let's not mistake that for efficiency because they bottled him up in the backfield a lot last night. I have a lot of respect for what I saw out of Denver against one of the most bruising backs in the entire league. Sal. Let's wrap this up with some value, guys. I just want to throw a couple names at you. See where you're standing. Uh, Cam Akers had opportunities, but it doesn't look great when Malcolm Brown's running all over Dallas and you are getting bottled up at every turn. Uh, Benny Snell, Ben just mentioned. uh, Another one would be James Robinson, who actually had 62 yards on 16 carries. Not efficient, but he did actually get the bell cow type status. Peyton Barber, super inefficient. But he was the preferred option in the backfield there. Uh, Just throwing all these names at you of cheap guys that we can talk about because there are a lot of them. It's just so many of them got a lot of work and did virtually nothing with it below this 5K range.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I don't think they're in great spots. Like Robinson is the one who workload-wise stands out, but like a 16 implied team total, 10-point underdogs in this spot, and he only ran 11 routes. So he's very one-dimensional and touchdown dependent, which – I'm not willing to go down there. Uh, One name that I'll call it for just GPPs is only he's minimum price now at running back. Tevin Coleman, they have three running backs, so I don't really want to play them. If I want to play one, it's usually the cheapest one. And now he's the cheapest. He only played six snaps because of what they're saying is now the air quality there. He almost missed the game. So McKinnon looked good, so it doesn't really help uh, Coleman, but he's minimum price 4K. And if he's going to be all fine and the air quality is better, it's probably somewhere where you'll see him more times than not see like eight to 12 touches there. So that's about it. My stance on Snell is that Samuel saw all the passing game work. Denver was number one in run defense last year. And it looked just as stout holding Henry at like three and a half yards of carry. So I'm not going to have much interest in Snell overall. If you want it for like cash opportunity of like 15 to 16 touches, that's okay. But I probably faded in GPPs if Connor is going to miss time.
1: And it's unfortunate, but you've got some injuries and just very little wiggle room to where you're looking to go. For example, the the New York Jets, it looks like Le'Veon Bell probably doesn't play this week, but who, who are your alternatives? Frank Gore, uh, even Pirine is, is looking like he's going to be out. So, or I believe he already is out. So, you know, ultimately you don't really have a, a ton of, you don't have a ton of space to get excited about anyone in this backfield. And then factor in, they're going up against San Francisco. There's just not a ton of value at the position right now.
2: Not at all. And, and it's just, Again, I don't feel the need to reach. You can structure lineups. I know it's early uh, on a Tuesday, but just at first glance, you can absolutely structure lineups where you have two pretty secure running backs, and you're not the opportunity cost is not immense at the other positions.
1: Okay. Ah, uh, Miles yeah, oh, San-
2: That sums what, it up.
1: Miles Sanders and and Ronald Jones will be the death of me. I'm just <laughs> I feel it in my bones. Ronald we-
2: Jones is always.
1: Always. It oh,
2: never works out. Were you saying, before out, that, were you what saying that? something before that? No, I was just ranting about Ronald Jones. Oh, okay. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I
1: pronounce you lucky.
0: the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumpacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumba casino.com no purchase necessary void we're prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
1: there's something about a thumbs up well, i'll say it oh yeah. i was thinking it you were th- I, th- I swear you said it. i don't know hit that thumbs up guys Uh, We've got 260 watching. Appreciate all the support. It is the simplest and best way to help support us. Uh, And if you guys haven't used the promo yet, this is the time. It expires after today. It is a fantastic way to dip your feet in the awesomo.com waters by using the promo code at checkout, REDZONE, all one word, R-E-D-Z-O-N-E. It'll get you 50% off your whole first week of Awesomo Plus NFL subscription ownership player projections top stack tool all of our premium content and articles our lineup builder you can get the fantasy cruncher add-on remember we don't just stick alex baker's name on this right he's the number one ranked dfs player in the world for a reason and why because of the tools that are on this site the tools that he developed that he put on the site that he uses himself um that is that is where the success comes from and and you can look at our Awesome Hall of Fame page. You can look at the testimonials. We've had tons of huge winners using these tools that have had immense success, but also become better overall players. Really learn the ins and outs of becoming better tournament players uh, at awesomeo.com and all of that good stuff. So Red Zone, all one word, all one word at checkout, $7.50 for the entire week of Awesome Plus NFL content. There's no better time to jump in than now. Check that out at uh, at checkout, red zone, all one word. All right, so let's keep it moving here. Ben, want to talk some uh, wide receivers? Let's do it. You have names. to start with Devontae Adams because the guy's an absolute monster. 14 of 17 for 156 and two touchdowns. And he's probably going to do that a couple more times this season. That's not hyperbole. I'm serious. I think you're going to get some absolutely gigantic performances from Devonte adams all season long if he stays healthy
2: oh there's no doubt he is just i mean it's seemingly every week uh safe as they come for cash the other thing i don't know why M- michael thomas sometimes is on an island like michael thomas is like 9500 he's 9000 Devonte adams he never broaches that or he certainly hasn't yet 8100 is very reasonable i know he's the top price guy on this Wide receiver slate, but you can make room for him. Now he's gonna be extremely popular coming off last game. He should be extremely popular, though. So it's not like to me it's bad chalk, but clearly you're not going to be gaining leverage uh if you plug in Adams and build around them
1: Talk to me about Devontae Adams. And if you want to let it if you want to bleed that conversation into these other seven K plus guys, Sal, we can do that because DeAndre Hopkins, all of us said on Tuesday, hey, if DeAndre Hopkins is coming in at low ownership at $6,800, there's there's no reason not to consider him. Now, I don't think any of us thought he would have 16 looks, 14 receptions, and 151 yards against the 49ers, but the guy is a human cheat code. That is what he does. Uh, and then you've got Tyree Kill, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, who is also the lone soldier in that wide receiving court over at uh, Minnesota. He had Uh, 110 and two scores some really big games from these guys and i've got to tell you i'll even throw chris godwin into the mix i think these guys oh and julio jones i think all of them warrant their price tags and might actually be a little bit more affordable than i expected
3: yeah all the studs look good adams had like 43 percent of the team's air yards a 41 and a half percent target share if you exclude the throwaways from rogers just nuts on 43 routes run he still had 3.6 three yards per route run which is like what what guys doing like five routes? It was insane how efficient he remained that whole game. So yeah, it's it's gonna be hard to get all these guys to be as high on them as last week because all the price points go up like a thousand dollars, eight hundred dollars for each of them. But yeah, it's it's hard not to like Adams, Julio, and Hopkins. You could say the same thing about all the studs showed out last week. Julio 12 targets Hopkins comes right out of nowhere or just right onto this team with a 51% air yards, like 45% target share. I like all of them. They all have another set of good matchups. I don't know who's going to guard Adams. Okuda was out last week. I don't think it matters. Same exact thing for Julio and Hopkins. It's just pick your poison of these guys up here. It's the easiest to get to Julio because of the price. I think his stacking options in that Atlanta game, there's a lot of them. So I would expect to have the most Julio right away. But I like all of them. And yeah, I'm going to go right back to Godwin. I had him last week. It's an even better matchup this week. And if Evans gets healthier, less attention on him and easier to stack that whole team up.
1: Ben, these guys at the top, and Sal just did a pretty good job laying it out for many of them. They're all the type of players that can blow the roof off of a, of a tournament. They can, they can break slates, so to speak, right? Uh, Chris Godwin, I love him with Brady this year. He's a yards after the catch guy. He's he's going to be, in my opinion, I think he will be the primary target, not Scotty Miller. I don't know. Call me crazy. Uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are probably the 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 most dynamic quarterback or wide receiver tandem in the league. There's there's going to be a lot of decisions to make uh, in this range. Even in the, like even even if you were to work down to Ridley at 6,800 and a couple of these other guys, but from 6,800 and up, there are a lot of decisions to make.
2: Oh, there's a ton of decisions to make. The one thing I find interesting, though, uh, and, and Sal t- touched upon this, almost all these guys got you there. They certainly didn't hurt you uh, if you rostered them last week. Like, Michael Thomas is not on the slate. He was the big bust. So I feel like people are going to be pretty incentivized to go right back. Ownership should flatten, but the guy I want to point out, and I'm he's probably my least favorite, but I think he's going to be the least favorite for the field. It's Tyreek Hill, who if there's a guy who can break a slate – uh, it is him he wasn't on the slate of course because they placed on Thursday he was pretty quiet if all these other guys suck up all the ownership and Ty- Tyree Hill is like seven percent something very low that is a spot to attack because we know that he has as high of upside as anybody especially at low ownership
1: I so badly want to disagree with you on this but it's it's difficult to he could take the top off any defense even if they're as good as the Chargers so uh, yeah, he's, I don't know, Sal, the way I see it is I'd be shocked if Hill wasn't way less, way lower owned than than Adams and Hopkins and Julio, probably Thielen and Godwin and even Ridley too. I think of all of them, he'll be the lowest owned. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe people still love going there because of the upside.
3: Yeah, I think he'll probably be the lowest owned just looking at it on first look, but they're all so close in price, like a $200 difference to the next guy that it might just be like across the board. It's like a a 10 to 15% on all of them. And you're not really gaining too much leverage from like a a straight out fade. If you just
1: want them as like a one-off. I really like Adams. I really like Hopkins. Uh, Julio and Ridley in a, in a stack in a game that could see 70 combined points. What about Thielen? Do you guys want to add anything to, to Adam Thielen here, knowing that, you know, he probably sees... Do you think he sees Rhodes? Um,
3: so, I, I think that what you're probably going to get from Thielen is it's going to be a mixture. Like, they rarely Rock will like shadow anything. Yeah, like, they, they'll they rarely shadow anything. It'll be, like, 30% all over the place. Thielen sometimes will move into the slot if they go three wide receiver sets. But it's hard not to like Thielen. He was the only thing that he was getting looks at, like, downfield. He had 55% of the team's air yards. I think that was the most out of anybody week one except for Will Fuller. So, all the opportunity in the world for Thielen there. The price point is like the only thing that could be a little bit restrictive. And I don't really know how much I'm going to stack Minnesota. So I have interest in the cold side of it. So he'll probably be like a run back option. So I think I'll actually get a decent amount of Thielen.
1: Yeah. I would have honestly thought that Thielen would have, would have had more opportunity. And you know, you talk about target share here. He had uh, eight targets, but did you see how little Kirk cousins threw in this game? yeah uh, what did he what did he have 25 attempts i think it was Maybe yeah and it was
3: like it, it was yeah no that's right and it was all in like desperation time where they were just it, it seemed like the package defense just gave up they're up three touchdowns and they just gave up a touchdown in like one minute it happened twice in the fourth quarter and Thielen ended up benefiting a lot in that fourth quarter
1: yeah so mind you Thielen still had a 32 percent market share of targets despite cousins only throwing 25 times uh Would you rather have a guy that has a 25% market share and his quarterback throws 40 times a game? Yeah, but I I think you're not going to, even though they want to run the ball more, Ben, they're not going to be able to only throw 20 to 25 times a game. This was the same thing last year. You remember earlier in the year, Cousins wasn't throwing at all, and then they had to pick it up a little bit because outside of Dalvin Cook, what else? Like If if he's not getting it going, you're going to need to start throwing the football. So I can get back here as well. Do you want to round out anything else at the top, Ben? If not, we can work our way into the 6K range.
2: No, I mean, I'll just simply say this is, to me, one of the more important spots for ownership. If it's best available and ownership is flat, I will be going with Adams and Hopkins and Julio like most. If I'm getting one-fourth of the ownership, one-fifth of the ownership on a guy like Tyreek Hill, I will roll the dice on some teams just because I don't think the gap is that big.
1: Steven says... Loffy's boy Ridley had a strong game. Yes, he did. Steven, I can't tell you how much content I did on him this, this offseason just as a breakout guy. It's not like I was where other people weren't. Anybody that's paid attention to what he's been able to do through his first two seasons should know that the breakout was on its way. I said the same thing about Noah Fant yesterday. I think Noah Fant's going to have a huge year in Denver. There's just a few of those guys that you see it coming. Sal, let's talk 6K guys. This is always where it gets kind of fun. Kenny Galladay, uh, if he plays, with uh, can, can shed that nagging hamstring injury. He's down at 6,200. Will Fuller, very difficult matchup. Does he have the speed to beat this Baltimore team? Is it worth it? Probably not. Amari Cooper, I think, is one of the most overrated fantasy players in the world. But he's also pretty cheap. Uh, I'm a big Michael Gallup guy as well, and my assumption is that these guys at their prices are are too inexpensive and are going to get a ton of opportunity, or a ton of ownership. But uh, through and through, even if we took it from like fifty five hundred dollars and up, there's a lot to talk about here for sure. Yeah, definitely a
3: lot to talk about. Like right at that 64 $6, three hundred dollar price range, there's like six receivers, and they all look pretty appealing to me. I think Evans is probably going to be the one I get the most ownership towards if we can just get a little bit more confidence about his health. He played a full role last week. I'm assuming the injury limited him some, but Marshawn Lattimore just shuts that guy down every time. Like he held him last year to a goose egg. He held him this week to like one catch, although limited, but he ran 39 routes. So yeah, Evans at $6,400, that's just, I mean, that could be arguably a thousand dollars too cheap if he was healthy last week and now maybe the best matchup that he'll see all season long against the Panthers. So I'm going to like Evans. There's a bunch of guys right there at that price point. I currently have in as with like a check mark to play, or at least try and get into stack something along those lines in Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Robert Woods is going to be the big one. Robert Woods was the number one wide receiver in uh, yards per reception last week. He had like 15 yards per reception. If you watch any of the Sunday night game, literally like the first two minutes, they were just designing plays on the first drive for him left and right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the offensive line gave golf time. They ran a ton of play action. Everything looked good from the game plan in week one. And I think he's going to have a fine spot this week. Nothing that I'll shy away from. So I think Woods at 6,400 and Evans at 6,400, I like. And then we start to get to, in that 5 carrying range, some of the Colts guys, and that's where T.Y. Hilton pops up in a really good matchup. We just saw and talked about Minnesota, how bad they were. I don't know how they improve after one week.
1: Yeah, that, that is the biggest thing of, in my mind, too. I don't know how they improve. Um, ben, what else are we seeing here in the mid-range?
2: Yeah, the, again, the, the wide receiver is so deep this week. There's a bunch of guys at similar price points. It's just about really small margins, whether it's ownership, where it's stacking, uh, you know, guys like Omari and Gallup, they get a huge boost because of the game environment. Whereas then you have guys like to me, Alan Robinson, uh, you know, I, I think he might be a little lower owned just because he's one of the few big time receivers that didn't play great last week. Uh, it was more Anthony Miller, especially late. So I'll look to these same guys. Fuller would be the really aggressive pivot. I think that's a little much, uh, Luffy, you've spoken at lane. I mean, Odell did absolutely nothing last week against this. T- the Ravens are just disgrace. good. um not saying that they can't have success over the top, but it feels like an unnecessary risk given that it's not just a simple pivot. He has to beat like five guys ahead of him. And I, I seriously doubt that one of those uh, more obvious guys doesn't get going and get out there.
1: Yes, I'm with you. It's also time for us to talk about these, these Eagles pass catchers. <laughs> Uh, here's why I think Carson Wentz is going to be the highest ceiling, lowest floor quarterback in the league this year. I think you are going to, and and by the, i sorry. I mean, the, I, the difference between his floor and ceiling is going to be, and obviously I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's going to be astronomical. So if you look at this last game, Deshaun Jackson um, was targeted on deep balls. Uh, where, is where is it? Where is it? Where is it? He was targeted on deep balls four times. Jalen Rager was targeted two times on deep balls. Point being is that Carson Wentz attempted eight deep attempts, and that's with the entire offensive line banged up. You have to consider only eight deep attempts with that line and so much pressure and no time to work. Sal, my my guess is that when Lane Johnson returns and they find ways to fix this offensive lineup a little bit, What's going to happen is you're going to see Carson Wentz taking shot after shot after shot. And some days he's not going to connect, but on those days where he is like the first half of the Washington game, you're going to get some huge, huge games. Even Dallas Goddard was targeted uh, downfield on a couple of these as well. Uh, I just, I'm really fascinated by this offense. There are going to be weeks where it's very bad. And I think there are going to be weeks where it's very good. Uh, If this is one of those weeks, might not be, but if it is, uh, you're gonna want to have some pieces of these guys. My guess, they're also very, very low on after week one's debacle.
3: Yeah, and I like the both. I think I like Rieger a little bit more, just the price point of forty one hundred dollars. And yeah, they him and Jackson both ran 30 routes. He played barely more snaps, but they went as always just heavy two tight end sets, and that's where it was Rieger and Jackson on the outside for a lot of it it's hard not to like them like a 26 and a half point opening total right now uh, for a team total, They're favorites in this one. So everything seen last week was how bad the line was. I'm expecting the line to be healthier by next week. I mean, if we don't have any news on that, then that's one thing because this Rams defensive line brought pressure. They were top five in week one with pressure rate. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm going to operate as if the line's going to be healthier. And like you mentioned, just deep passes, you're going to get more of those. You're probably going to get just more overall targets for, these receivers in general, because of just the fact that nothing was opening up downfield. So yeah, right now Rieger is on my list um, at $4,100. If you want to stack the Eagles, I'm, I'm fine doing that. Just track the offensive line stuff, but everything from what Vegas is saying is be confident in the Eagles this week when the public is not, it looks like a really good edge spot.
1: All right. What are you doing with uh, some of the value options, Ben? It's still very early. Obviously we don't have ownership, but initial first take. Yeah.
2: I mean, obviously we'll see if anything opens up with injuries and other things, but to me, as we go lower, this is a spot where I'll, I'll look to teams that either had, you know, just an ugly week one or players like, you know, Sal early in the show mentioned Christian Kirk. Uh, I'm not going to overreact to one week, you know, there's matchups, some guys just don't have it. Uh, and then you look at the Colts with T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, guys like that, you can steal some salary, their price, they would be more popular and higher owned with a couple of little things that went differently. So I'm not going to panic. uh I'll kind of just stick to the formula we'll see with some of these secondaries if they can make strides but that's not something that you really flip a switch with like you have the guys you have the teams that struggle in the secondary they're probably going to struggle in the secondary most weeks so just attack those games with the good game scripts look for a little salary relief particularly
3: with the Colts
1: any other discount value here Sal that we need to get into
3: yeah, um, Paris Campbell, I, I like a lot of 4,500. He kind of operated as Philip Rivers' number one. It was like an instant connection, nine targets in the slot, looked very good, played 95% of his snaps out of the Is slot. Does that worry you slot. about
1: T.Y. Hilton?
3: I don't think so I think that they can both coexist especially if they're going to throw as much as they did but you know this is a team that does want to run first in situations but I would be leaning right now like in in this week specifically like yeah the price discount I do like Campbell for Campbell's sure. like a slot yeah like Campbell's like a slot plus guy like I'm not going to talk about his route running as being fantastic but if you want to talk about like Chris Godwin big body slot receivers that's exactly what Campbell embodies and Rivers is looking to him non-stop now Hilton still had nine targets I think he has more upside on the outside but When it comes to the red zone, I think that Campbell is going to quickly become this team's number one option. And it's very appealing as he remains cheap in this matchup. And then, yeah, I'll just second it on Christian Kirk. He's going to go from probably the worst matchup that he's had in his career against Richard Sherman and just being sacrificed there. To a lot better of a spot this week. I think it was like a week before the season. Um, like Calvin Ridley was like so many, like you were all over him, so many people's darlings just for the season. I, I try to stir up some trouble and just say, I can't wait for Christian Kirk to outproduce Calvin Ridley this year. I don't see the difference between the two players. Stop the amount it. Of, Slow start. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it was uh it was a bold take. And I don't even know if I believed it myself, but I like Kirk a lot. <laughs> um, I, I really do see the comparisons between the two player situations, but really I do things better. But the amount of people that bookmarked that tweet.
0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: <laughs> just put a, put a comment back on that one. So now now I'm really rooting for Kirk. But no, I actually like the situation. Stacking options. He's cheap and he might be the player number one in the league that nobody wants to play right now.
1: <sighs> That's First just of all, I'm a, I'm a Christian Kirk truther. I, I really, really like Christian Kirk. And I expect him to have a, a, a very solid campaign. Another year for Kyler Murray. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury with the second year coaching under his belt. There's a lot to like here, for sure. I just like Calvin Ridley a lot more. But you know what, Sal? That would be the craziest thing. Um, So, okay, okay, let me ask you this. What would you be satisfied with at the end of the year for Christian Kirk? uh, Receptions, yards, touchdowns
3: um satisfied with I I think probably somewhere around like a hundred I mean over a hundred targets I'd be satisfied with that probably around like 110 115 yardage right around like 900 950 pushing a thousand and touchdowns right around five to six that's what I would feel really good about like he was drafted wide receiver 40 overall when Ridley was going like wide receiver 16 so I think that was the big thing I was hitting on but the situations are a lot like an alpha receiver in front of you really high powered offense that are going to throw a lot and two studs I think Ridley right now in his career is better but I think they're a lot closer than that, like twenty-five difference from at least season-long perspectives.
1: Okay, fair enough. Ben, do you want to uh, get to anybody else from a value standpoint? Because I'm going to throw one more out there. If you guys hit on it already, my apologies. I'm trying to read this chat and uh, follow along with both. Anthony Miller is interesting to me. Uh, I'm I'm just yeah. not convinced that the the New York Giants. There were some some real issues there yesterday. Uh, I, I thought they would be improved in the secondary. Bradbury was quiet. Uh, And then you had Julio Jones, or I'm sorry, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, the happiest man in the world to have Roethlisberger back. Once Roethlisberger shook off that rust, dusted himself off in the second half, they really owned that game. So um, I I did like what I saw from Anthony Miller. By the way, Allen Robinson was targeted on five times downfield. Five times, sorry, 20-plus yards downfield. That's a lot. Five times, 20-plus yards downfield. Only had one catch for 22 yards. But his deep percentage was fifty-six percent. So fifty-six percent of his targets were twenty-two or twenty-plus yards downfield. Uh, I was happy to see that. Anthony Miller uh, was targeted three times downfield, uh, twenty-plus yards. So half of his targets were were deep balls as well. And those are things I like to see. I like the ceiling. I like the, that upside. Ben in tournaments, I'm willing to go with the boom or bust approach.
2: No doubt. And listen, this is where week two always presents that opportunity. Like if Allen Robinson would have caught a couple extra deep balls, it'd be a totally different conversation. But when you really think about it, is he more likely to catch them this week? If he caught them last week, to me, the answer is no. Um, But the ownership would be up. The price would be up and things like that are where I'm not going to overreact just to one week. Uh, And I, I, I watched that bears game intently. I had a lot of positions on it, He had a massive opportunity, and if he sees that every week, I will gladly buy, uh, particularly in this matchup against the Giants.
1: I'm sorry, did you say
2: Miller or Robinson? Miller? I I was talking about Robinson, but it's the same concept with Miller. Miller was fortunate enough to cash in late in the game uh, last week, but both of them, if they're going to see those type of opportunities, the floors are going to be low, but the ceilings, they will have some big weeks uh, despite Trubisky at quarterback.
1: Some good and bad about Miller too, Sal. Uh, the, the, the good, the really good is that he was he, uh, averaged 3.45 yards per route run yesterday. That was one of the highest on the week or sorry, Sunday, but he also only ran 22 routes. So that's definitely something I would want to see uh, come up if if we're going to have the, the confidence that he can, you know, have 10 target games from time to time uh, and Robinson ran 36. So that's one thing I'd like to see improve, but the upside's there.
3: Yeah. Something I found weird. I don't know if it's going to stay the same. Like Miller mainly runs out of the slot. They put Jimmy Graham in the slot a lot and Miller wasn't on the field. So that's not great. If they keep doing that, it makes, it makes no sense from a coaching perspective, unless they thought they had a matchup, but Graham played like 15 snaps out of the slot and Miller just came off the field on like half of those.
1: Yeah, that sucked. All right. Uh, I can't imagine they continue doing that because Mr. Biskey seemed to, to really like getting the ball to Robinson and Robinson made big plays as a result. All right. Tight ends. I'll stick with you. So Travis, Kelsey, George Kittle, that, that, that definitely hurt me this week. I was really high on Kittle in this game. They had nobody else and he ends up getting hurt, comes back, but wasn't the same. It clearly wasn't the same. He's got a sprained left knee, not what you're looking for. Coming off a monster 1100 yard season. Um, now, assuming he plays he's got a matchup against the jets kelsey against the chargers uh, and then i'll throw the other 6k guy in here mark andrews on the road against the houston texans those are our guys at 7k 67 and 6300 respectively
3: yeah i think the one that i'm going to look to at least to start the week the most is going to be mark andrews he had the best week last week so i assume that most people just go right back to him since he had two touchdowns but he was used really efficiently like this is the most snaps we've ever seen mark andrews play Maybe it has something to do with Hayden Hurst not there. Maybe it's just them making a conscious effort to get him on the field more. But five catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns. He has a strong matchup this week. He was targeted four times out of the slot, which was good to see. So though everything they used him or used him for him while you spent like a fourth or fifth round season long pick on him was exactly the reason in this game. So like a 30 implied team total. He looks the best out of all those pay up options. I don't think there's anything wrong with Kelsey or Kittle. It's just the value for the price point. I think coming into this week, they all look pretty identical. So I'll just take uh, the cheapest one when it comes to the price point
1: okay ben what about you
3: so i'd agree if i had to pick amongst the i
2: guess we'd call them the big three uh it would be Andrews. is the cheapest lamar and him just have that connection it seems i'm gonna stick with my theme though i guess of the week uh i'm going back to evan ingram he had a lot you know seven targets last day and the steelers defense that's as bad as it's going to get i'm not saying the bears is a great matchup but it's certainly better than the steelers and Daniel Jones is going to be looking to him. He's a matchup problem for most teams. He had his opportunities. He just, for whatever reason, couldn't get it going. So 5,300, certainly not going to be, I don't think, overly popular. This is a guy that I think is going to have a huge year, and he's off to a terrible start through one week. But 5,300, I will go right back to Evan Ingram.
1: Cheap guys like Chris Herndon, haul in six of seven catches, efficient in terms of of targets, but only 37 yards. He also lost a fumble um you know just looking over some of these cheap guys jack doyle three for 49 only four targets that was disappointing i, I thought we'd get more from him especially if you told me that rivers threw for almost 400 400 yards uh over. i would definitely think you'd be getting more out of him there but it wasn't the case just to go over this list sal someone like rob gronkowski man he did he was he was largely underutilized and and really didn't put in or had nothing to show for it uh as a matter of fact. If you look at his snap counts for the for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game, which got out of spiraled out of control pretty quickly, Gronk did play seventy seven percent. Howard played fifty three percent. They were on the field a lot together. Brate was on there for ten percent as well. Um, and then Noah Fans got a very difficult matchup against Pittsburgh. If you just go up and down this list, there's a lot uh, and the value. But let's let's sit in this uh, the guys I haven't touched on yet. Let's sit in this range from like forty five hundred up to up to 56, where the threshold is urged into to Andrews. Is there anybody we like in here?
3: Yeah, I like Hayden Hurst a lot. He was kind of the flop lag, or this week would be a flop lag play. A lot of people were on him, didn't do much when everybody else in his offense was going up, or off around him. But I think a lot of that can probably be credited. Like, he ran all the routes, 45 routes. He was the only tight end targeted more than once downfield on any offense last week from 20-plus yards. And I think a lot can be credited to matchups against Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams compared to the rest of Seattle secondary, which is so, so outside of Griffin. And that's exactly what Atlanta did. They attacked everywhere else. So $4,600, the price really doesn't change that much. They put him in the slot 27 times, which is very good to see. It's almost elite numbers for a tight end in his first week. So yeah, I'm going to go right back to Hurst at $4,600 and then probably up all the way to Zach Ertz. I think a lot of people got Goddard showed out. I think a lot of people might take that as a way to get away from Ertz, but everything he did was fine. The way that they used him, he just didn't pick up any of the orange receptions after really like the first quarter. So three catches, 18 yards and a touchdown. Um, he ended up having a drop in the game, but that didn't really influence much. He was still used as he normally is. I don't see any reason to why he had one bad half to just run away from him.
1: So Goddard and Ertz were on the field a lot. Like the 12 personnel they ran was almost not every single play but 85% of snaps for Ertz, 79% for Dallas Goddard Ben these guys shared the field a ton in this game uh, and Goddard as a matter of fact was targeted nine times had that score had a pretty big game meanwhile on the uh, opposite him you had Zach Ertz with uh with seven targets so 16 total targets between your tight ends playing almost all of the snaps it's a very weird offense you've got going on right now in Philly it's definitely
2: unique and yeah I mean Ertz is someone who's live no matter who's on the slate to be the top tight end he he's we have seen it time and time again found the end zone but just didn't do much but the Eagles didn't do much as a whole um similar to last week I'll let kind of how I build dictate where I go there are guys in the 3k range all the way up to the top guys that I feel pretty comfortable with so I'm not going to force in a range unlike some of these others particularly running back where I see a huge drop off like I think you can punt tight end, no problem. I think you can pay up for the big names, no problem.
1: Sal, so I'll throw one more at you. We'll go around the the table and, and we'll, we'll close it out with one final pick here at tight end. Opinions will change throughout the week. You know, more research, more injury news, you know, more stuff will surface, but this is always a good start to kind of get us going and put us, in a, put us all in the right direction because we're working through our own thoughts on this as well with so much fresh data coming off of week one. Janu Smith was... Was pretty effective, and that was against a really good uh, Denver defense and Denver secondary. I, I think uh, looking at at his opportunities, knowing that uh, Tannehill didn't have massive passing volume, and he generally isn't going to. But forty three is a lot for Tannehill. Uh, for Tannehill, I would usually never expect to see something that high. Johnu Smith was targeted in the red zone. He's 4,200. He's got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, if he goes completely on the run, that's somebody that I'll probably be willing to look towards. But I do want to temper expectations because I don't anticipate another 40 plus pass attempts from Tana, uh from Brian Tannehill. Who do you have? Last one here, Sal. Yeah, I'll, I'll just
3: say I like John Newton 20% target share. It, it looked really good. I would say the one guy that is probably going to be a cash candidate as the week goes on and just overall Logan Thomas was used in like yeah. a ridiculous way for the Redskins 26 percent oh
1: sound the alarm he said redskins oh man there it is i thought it would be me i
3: I think i think i've said that thing like 30 times already that's on me i'm sorry
1: (laughs) about that yeah we need to get a siren for that would
2: be a elf horn yeah
1: jordan yeah out a way to get a horn together so whenever somebody says redskins we can shame them live yeah, it's like a little rubber band test on your arm. It'll yes, be exactly. exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll
3: just block it from our memory completely. A little exactly. taser hooked up.
1: Oh, yeah. it's gonna be good.
3: Uh, I'm gonna just call them the team. So the from team, the team, yeah. uh Logan Thomas. Yeah, I mean, used insane. I mean, there there was murmurs of this. He got the starting job in the depth chart. They said he had a really good camp. There's nobody else really on this <laughs> the team right now. There you That's go. Good. That's really good. Uh, but yeah, he played out of the slot 18 snaps and 26% target share eight targets was second only behind Goddard for all tight ends week one. I don't want to take too much from it, but he's he's too cheap. Like if that's going to be his role on this team in a fine matchup against Arizona, I don't want to say like Arizona was terrible against tight ends last year. They did a lot in the draft, a little bit of free agency to like change that. Like they actually spent their first round pick on that exact reason. Although they didn't play much last week. They kind of held Kittle down. So um, yeah, I, I'm going to go Logan Thomas 3,600. There's other guys in that range. Like Jack Doyle's same narrative for Hayden Hurst. He played a lot. He played in a lot of good spots like the slot. He just didn't come through. So I'll go back to those guys.
1: I think that's a great call on, on Logan Thomas. And one of the the simpler reasons for this is outside of Terry McLaurin, they don't have anybody. Nope. And I, I don't anticipate the run game being stout. Peyton Barber, no. Gibson, no. Uh, and Gibson wasn't even that efficient in the passing game. I expect him to advance a little bit going forward. But uh, yeah, and an Arizona team that, Last year was dreadful against tight ends. I don't assume they will be that much improved. So I'm with you on Logan Thomas, Ben, what do you got?
2: I'll just, I'll make that unanimous. I'll say this though. If he, for some reason starts to become massive chalk down there, I'll probably use him in cash and come in under in tournaments just because it's not super reliable. Uh, second with Doyle as well he had opportunities just to come through the last guy I'll mention if you want to get a little unique exposure to Dallas uh and the Falcons game Dalton Schultz should be in line for more work now that Jarwin is gone uh unfortunately with injuries so 3700 for a guy that we could see his role start to really increase and if you don't want to do the traditional stack throwing him in here could create leverage and probably the best game
1: all right a little fun here fellas with uh some defense special team stacks. we did it last Tuesday. We'll do it every Tuesday, just picking a cheap defense and seeing how it works out. I believe uh, both of you guys were on Washington, which was great. which was good to see. Nice work there. I had a decent amount of them as well, but I don't think I mentioned them on the show. Uh, I'm going to go oh man, there's not a lot of cheap let's say what do we have to stick under? Stick under if we had to go under maybe 2,500 We'll no, do that Let's say us about 10. What's up?
2: That gives us like 10 defenses to choose from.
1: Okay, so yeah, let, let's do that. I want to say the Giants just because I do think that Mitchell Trubisky is still not very good. I'll go all the way to the bottom and 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 I'll say the Dolphins. I don't think their defense was all that bad against Cam Newton. They they actually limited their production through both phases of the game enough to keep it a low-scoring affair. And as as much as I love Josh Allen, Ben he's still someone that's going to throw interceptions. Um, They, they still have one of the best corners in the game and well, I don't think they're good, but Josh Allen is the type of guy that could throw a pick six or two and things get ugly. And one more thing, Devin Singletary's fumbling problems are just one more reason to think that you could get some turnovers. Who do you got Ben?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a great, listen, Josh Allen, he, he's going to make at least a couple mistakes uh, each game. And when you're this low, a couple turnovers, you're almost there. Like, that's all you need. I'll go a little more conservative. I, I do think that the Broncos showed something uh, last night. I thought they were good. They can get pressure. I'm not sold, certainly, on Pittsburgh's running game at this point. If they put a lot of heat on Big Ben, I still think he's live to make some mistakes. So they're sitting at 2,500. Uh, I- I'll roll the dice with a little Broncos this week.
1: Ooh, all right. You, can, you, you call that conservative? Well, I mean, it's better it than saying, like, I'm
2: picking the Jets. That's danger right. zone. For, <laughs> for <laughs> no, this, it's conservative.
1: I actually I, I think that's that's a pretty interesting one for sure. Rodlisberger, he's going to make some mistakes, and I don't know, maybe he's not as sharp as he needs to be at coming off of, you know, missing almost a full calendar year. So I'm on board with that, 2,500? Okay. Sal, close us out, baby.
3: Yeah. Denver was going to be the choice. There's it's nowhere near last week down here, but I'll, I'll go one up a little bit more than danger zone. I'll go with the chargers uh, defense against the Kansas city chiefs. So um, yeah, high totals. I I just want to attack the high totals. I'm not expecting Mahomes to make a lot of mistakes. He doesn't have to make mistakes for this price point at 2000 to pay off. Uh, They are after week one, they were the top five in pressure rate as a unit on defense they're stacked everywhere in terms of cornerbacks. I think they could make life difficult from homes. I don't think it's going to be that difficult overall, but yeah, you don't need the pick six to get this thing to pay off. So I'll target the pressure rate like we did
1: last week with Washington at the minimum price. I love it. Great stuff. As always, fellas, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. We love doing this every day of the week, especially this morning on a wonderful Tuesday. We've got a few days to go before Thursday night football. Josh Engelman will be putting out his showdown videos. They're really awesome. Be sure to check those out. Um, and well you know what I'll leave it there we got the NBA live before lock show coming up MLB live before lock show coming up throughout the day and the PGA strategy show Ben you're on at 2 30 we got everything today hit that thumbs up on your way out the door we appreciate you guys and remember last day to use the promo code red zone half off your NFL awesome plus weekly pass everything included $7.50 today's the last day to do it Jump in. Jump in now and come say what's up in premium Slack chat after you do. Peace.
2: With the Lucky Lands slots, you can get lucky just about
0: anywhere.